you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 101st episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, to start off the new year, I'm switching topics from leadership to self-discovery, and I do have a very special guest today to kick it off, Marcy Shymoff. When I began my coaching business, I came across Marcy's book, Happy for No Reason, and I've been a fan ever since. I just know you're going to love her as much as I do. Marcy Shymoff is a number one New York Times bestselling author, a world-renowned transformational teacher, and an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love. Her books include the runaway bestsellers, Happy for No Reason, Love for No Reason, and six titles in the phenomenally successful Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul series. Her books have sold more than 16 million copies worldwide in 33 languages and have topped all of the major bestseller lists and have been on the New York Times bestseller list for a total of 121 weeks. Marcy is one of the best-selling female nonfiction authors of all time. She is also the host of the national PBS television special called Happy for No Reason, is a featured teacher in The Secret, and is the narrator for the award-winning film Happy. Marcy currently co-leads a worldwide program called Your Year of Miracles with thousands of participants from 72 countries for living a life of miracles. Marcy has inspired millions of people around the world and is dedicated to helping people live more miraculous, empowered, and joy-filled lives. I am so honored to have you here to join us today, Marcy. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share with us about living a miraculous life. Kim, I am delighted. I'm happy for great reason to get to be here with you today and really looking forward to our conversation. All right, let's get started. I know you've spent a majority of your life as an influencer. I'm curious, who are the people who have most influenced you? What a beautiful question. It would start with my father. My father was Mr. Happy. He was the guy that was always smiling and deeply, sincerely smiling. He passed away at 91, but every morning of his life, he woke up and said, as long as I'm breathing, it's a good day. He just had this joy for life. I've also had some other amazing influencers. Jack Canfield was my mentor, the creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He did a lot of work in the area of self-esteem, and I used to teach self-esteem programs. They say we teach what we most want to learn. (laughs) So he's been a great influence. I've had uh, various spiritual teachers throughout my life that have also been very big influences in my life. I feel so unbelievably blessed because I wake up every day and I feel like I get surrounded by people who just inspire me in in so many ways. I'm in a women's group with the phenomenal Lynn Twist. For those who don't know Lynn Twist, she wrote a book called The Soul of Money. And together we are on what's called the Nobel Women's Initiative, where we help support the group of female Nobel Peace Prize winners to create a better world for us. And every one of those people inspires me. So I could go on and on. We take the whole time with this question, but I know that you don't want to, but we live in a world where there are so many inspiring people. And for that, I feel very blessed. It is so true. And it just really underscores that nobody gets to where they are by themselves. There's always a tribe. Oh my God, definitely it takes a village. (laughs) 
You've spent several decades speaking about happiness, but now you've taken it up a notch. And for the past six years, you've been teaching how to live a life filled with miracles. Can you share the story of how this began? Yeah. Let me share the story of how I got on the happiness journey to begin with, because I think that people will be able to relate to that. And and I think it's an important story to be told. I'm often being asked, you know, do you teach happiness? Were you always happy? You must have always been happy. And the answer is absolutely not. I was not a happy camper. I came out of the womb with existential angst. I was a depressed kid. And my solution to uh, being depressed when I was a kid was sugar. I became a sugar addict when I was very young. And by the time I was in high school, I was 35, 40 pounds heavier than what I am now, which certainly didn't add to my happiness. So when I was in my 20s, I decided I would really get happy. I would just figure this thing out. And so what I did is I did what a lot of people do. I set goals for myself. And I figured that once I reach these goals, I'll be happy. And I had five goals. I'll share them because I think and people can relate. I wanted to have a successful career helping people. I wanted a wonderful husband or life partner, fabulous friends, a comfortable home, and the equivalent of Halle Berry's body. <laughs> now I got four out of the five. I do not have Halle Berry's body, but I have a healthy body for which I'm grateful. And I worked really hard to get all my ducks in a row. I worked so hard and I've got all these five things. And I had a turning point moment, Kim. It was in 1998. I had three books in the top five on the New York Times bestseller list all at the same time. All those other things were working. And I had just finished giving a speech, in fact, in Chicago, where you are. And I gave a speech to 8,000 people. It had been my biggest one to date. And I had an autographing line of books. I autographed 5,432 books. I felt like an author rock star. And you, you, you know, I should have felt like I was on top of the world. And I remember after signing that last book, I went up to my hotel room, which was the penthouse suite that my client had gotten for me. And I walked over to the beautiful windows overlooking Lake Michigan. And I turned around and I fell onto the bed and burst into tears. And I burst into tears because I realized I had everything on that list. And I still felt empty inside. That pain that I'd had in my heart before was still there. And I thought, well, this is the end of the road. I can no longer fool myself into thinking that just the next good thing is going to make me happy. And so I did heavy duty research into happiness. I interviewed all the happiness experts. I interviewed a hundred unconditionally happy people. And I started doing what they were doing and it worked. And I got so excited about this because I'd wanted to be happy my whole life. And all of a sudden it was working. I was getting happy. And that was the basis of writing happy for no reason. And it was an extraordinary journey. And about 10 years later, after I'd been on this happiness journey, I started finding myself waking up every morning, feeling like my life was not only happy, but it was miraculous. The right people were showing up out of the blue for me. I would open up an email. It would have the exact information that I needed. I was just in the flow. And I realized that that was the way that I realized that happiness is something that all of us can actually practice and get there. I realized that living a miraculous life was the same way. So I started teaching people how to live a miraculous life. And it's been miraculous. I've been doing that for about nine years. That is wonderful. I can just tell by looking at you, I know our audience can't see you, how much happiness that brings you. I mean, you're glowing from the inside out to think about the work that you're doing that's helping others, but also feeding your soul. It is. You know, there's a saying that what we put our attention on grows stronger in our life. 
I feel like I get to spend every day focusing on being in the flow of miracles by putting your attention on it. Life becomes more and more miraculous. That's beautiful. Since you teach people about living a miraculous life, I should ask, what exactly do you define as a miracle? Yeah, great question. The dictionary defines a miracle as a surprise and welcome event that can't be explained by science and that's often attributed to divine grace. Mm -hmm. So the reality is we can't create miracles. They are a gift of the universe. But what we can do is we can create the conditions for miracles to flow more and more into our life. I call it living in the miracle zone. That zone where life is just magical. Miracles can be anything from I had a miraculous healing or I've been trying to get pregnant for 10 years and they said it was impossible and I got pregnant or I've been wanting to meet a partner forever and it finally happened. Or it could be money fell from the sky. The exact amount of money that I needed showed up in my bank account out of the blue. It can be those kinds of miracles or it can be even the smaller ones where I was thinking about somebody and they just called or I needed some information and it just appeared. So it's all about living in that flow, in that ease, in that awe of life. What would you say if someone were listening who wanted to live in that zone? Do you have any advice for people? Maybe a way to get started? Yes. Well, it is a journey and there are specific practices. And I actually lead a year-long program about how to live a miraculous life in every area of your life, in your health, in your relationships, with your money, with your career, all of that. But there are certain key principles. I'll share with you what I call the five foundations for living in the miracle zone. I created an acronym for it. It's USHER, so people can remember this. We usher in the miracle zone. And the U stands for universe. And it has to do with trusting in the universe. Einstein said that the most important question that we could ask ourselves is, is this a benevolent universe? It doesn't mean that everything goes the way you want it to go, but it means that if you believe it's a benevolent universe, that life is supporting you, that life is on your side. My mentor, Jack Canfield, calls it being an inverse paranoid. Instead of everything's out to get you, it's everything's out to support your growth. The first principle is to trust in the universe. And if, in fact, things aren't going the way that you think they should be going, instead of being a victim of what's happening, you actually turn it around and you become a victor by posing this question. If this were happening for a higher purpose, or if this were really happening for my better good, what might that be? And you just open to the possibility of how would it be if life was supporting me no matter what? So that's the first principle. The second one is the S in Usher stands for soul. And it's about listening to our soul. Most of us are trained to be ego-driven. At the beginning of the year, we set New Year's resolutions. And for most people, I call them ego-based intentions. I want to lose 20 pounds because I want to have people think better of me or whatever. Whereas I encourage people to create what's called soul-based intentions. A soul-based intention is something that really deeply resonates with your soul. And it may have a similar outcome instead of, I want to lose 20 pounds. It might be something like, I feel fabulous. I am fit and healthy and happy inside my body. And it reflects on the outside, something like that. So listening to our soul rather than our ego. The H is about living with an open heart. 
I've never seen anybody who's truly deeply happy and living a miraculous life who had a closed heart. This has to do with forgiveness and loving kindness and things like that. The E, the E is one, Kim, that's very close to your heart, I know. And that's about choosing where you put your energy and attention. We are all choice makers in every moment. And I know you so resonate with that message you teach. It's all about choosing where we're putting our energy and attention. And then the R is taking responsibility for our lives, not putting our happiness in the hands of anything or anybody else, but saying, I am responsible for the quality of my life. I may not have circumstances that are exactly the way I want them right now, but I'm responsible for how I respond in these circumstances. And I have the ability to create the life of my choosing. I love all of that and completely resonate with every bit of it, Marcy. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You know, one thing that I ask people to do is I ask them to look at all of those and ask yourself right now, which one of those am I the weakest in? Because honestly, wherever you're the weakest, that's where you're going to have the greatest shift, the fastest shift. So are you weak in trusting in the universe? Are you weak in listening to your soul? Are you weaker in living with an open heart? Are you weaker in choosing where you put your energy and intention? Or are you weaker in taking responsibility for your life? And just commit for the next week to focus on which one of those will most strengthen you and see what happens in your life. Use your life as an experiment. I like that. Last year in 2021, my personal mantra was nothing happens to me. Everything happens for me. And it got me through so many situations where I might have been upset. I wasn't upset. I just said, well, this is what happened. It must be happening for a good reason. So let's just see if I can find what that is and move forward. It shifted things for me. Kim, I love that. And you know what I also love? I love that you selected what I call a theme for your year. And I'm very big on people selecting a theme for the year. It can be a one-word theme like joy, or it can be a two-word theme like abundant joy, or it can be a statement like I'm living a miraculous life. For you, that was your theme for the year. What I find is when we have a theme for the year, our life tends to organize around that theme happening. And in fact, in the Year of Miracles program, we actually, in our first session, we guide people through a process to select three, what we call miracle intentions for the year and a theme for the year that is their guiding light. I love that. I have mine for 2022. It's one word, limitless. Ah, excellent. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yep. I'm ready. I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready this year. Yeah. What are some things that might prevent people from living in that miracle zone? Mm, Such a great question. What I've found is that the number one thing that prevents people from experiencing more of the miraculous is their own lack of self-love. We block ourselves from feeling not worthy. Miracles are around us all the time, but we are unconsciously pushing them away. We're obviously not doing that on purpose. Obviously, we're doing this unconsciously, but when we don't receive, we don't become a good receiver. It's been said that people can't give to you what you're not willing to receive. Well, the universe isn't going to give to you what you can't receive. It's out there. The miracles are all around you. How much do you feel worthy of opening to them? I'm going to give you a little quiz, five questions, and I want you to see how good a receiver you are in just everyday life. And that's going to help tell you whether you need to maybe be a little more open to receiving. The first question is, do you accept compliments well? So somebody says, oh, you did a great job on that. Do you say, oh, it was nothing? 
and you know you worked really hard on it. Receive the compliment. Let that in. You are worthy of that. The second thing, do you receive gifts well or do you feel like you immediately have to turn around and give back to somebody what they've just given to you? Notice that. Number three, do you receive acts of service well? Help. In other words, do you receive help? And in fact, I'm going to take that a step further. Do you ask for help? Do you ask for help? Number four, do you downplay what's great in your life because you don't want others around you to feel bad? When you're downplaying the great, it's actually pushing it away in some way. And number five, do you in some way feel like you have to work really, really, really hard or struggle in order to have good come to you? That it's almost cheating to have things come easily and effortlessly. I know that was a big one for me. So if you answered yes to any one of those five, you are unconsciously pushing away your good. And what I want you to do is the next time anybody offers anything to you, they open the door for you or they offer to help you instead of pushing it away, saying, no, I can do it. Let it in. Take a deep breath and say, I am open to receiving. I love that. I obviously have some work to do in that department. I'm not great at asking for help. And I sometimes do downplay the great. So I'm going to be yeah. working on that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, good. Tips. In the past, you might not have been as good at asking for help, but now moving That's forward right. in this year, you're going to be excellent. I am. Receiving in every way. Yes. I did some work around receiving earlier, but I see I have some more to do. I always felt like I was the giver and I wanted to be the giver, but recognize that was robbing other people from being the giver. I recognize some of that, but I definitely have some work to do in 2022 and I'm looking forward to doing it. And you know, it's so common because we've been taught it's better to give than to receive and all of that. The reality is it's equally good to give and to receive. Some of the people that I interviewed on happiness, what I so appreciated about them is they were incredibly generous, but they were also beautiful and generous receivers because they had a deep level of self-love and worthiness. And our ability to receive is very, very dependent on our feelings of worthiness. I love that. Thank you. I know in your Year of Miracles program, you put a big emphasis on group support. Mm -hmm. You even put people in what you call miracle groups as a way to accelerate the miraculous. Why is that so important? Yeah. Not only is it not as much fun to do alone, we can't do it alone. You and I spoke about this a little bit at the beginning. Everything that I've experienced that's been awesome has come because of the support I've had. Back in the 80s, I started support groups or women's groups. I would always have a group of anywhere from five to 12 people. For me, it was women's groups that were supporting me in my dreams. What I found is that what we do is we put people in groups of six to eight. We call them miracles groups and they meet every other week. And what they do is they supercharge, we call it each other's miracle intentions. Everybody's every day takes a minute just putting their attention on each other members of the group's intentions happening. And I have seen extraordinary miracles happen as a result of the incredible support. There's been research done by Lynn McTaggart on the power of groups and the power of groups to really help support what we do. And I've experienced it so much in my own life and I've seen it so miraculously effective that it is why it's part of the Year of Miracles program. 
I love that because it takes away that thought that if you get what you want, that means I don't get what I want. And in this situation, what we're doing is multiplying and magnifying the benefit of all by supporting one another. It's an abundance mentality rather than that scarcity mentality that sometimes creeps in with people. It is. That scarcity mentality, we kind of grew up with certain beliefs like the musical chairs where there weren't enough chairs to go around and you had to grab your chair because somebody was going to lose out. That's not the way the universe works. It's an abundant universe. And the more you thrive and the more you succeed, the more energy it gives me to thrive and succeed. And we rejoice in each other's miracles and celebrate them because it's inspiring. Yes, I can see that. So Marcy, what would you count as your biggest accomplishment to date? Well, My biggest accomplishment to date is having gone from that depressed kid to feeling truly that I'm living in the miracle zone. If you had told me when I was a teenager that I would be happy and in this amazing place, I would have said, you're crazy. I didn't think it was possible that I've stepped into that has been so incredible to me. And that now I really am able to share that with people. I mean, Kim, there's nothing more fulfilling in my life than being able to hear somebody say how their life has completely turned around in such even a short period of time because of what we're doing. I've had so many experiences of that. I feel like I can just thank my lucky stars every day. Yeah, that's beautiful. When and how did you become aware it was your mission to help people live more miraculous, empowered, and joy-filled lives? That doesn't just happen. When I was 13 years old, it was in 1971, which for those of you who are doing very quick math, it makes me 60, almost 64 years old. When I was 13, I went to see a motivational speaker. It was a man named Zig Ziglar. Parents took me to see him and I saw him walking that stage, inspiring people. And I said, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I just knew that was my calling. I remember going home and telling my parents and they weren't very happy about that because they wanted me to be a dental hygienist. My dad was a dentist and they wanted me to be a dental hygienist. And there's nothing wrong with being a dental hygienist, except that it wasn't my calling. And I remember my mother saying, because they'd never heard of being a professional speaker, you know, getting paid for it. My mother said, well, honey, you sure talk enough. You might as well get paid for it. (laughs) So my journey of my own personal growth, I've always known was going to be what I was going to be speaking about. I felt a responsibility to find my own happiness because that's, I knew what I was supposed to teach. And they say, whether we know this is true or not, they say that when we heal ourselves, we heal seven generations before us and seven generations after us. It's hard to know and we can't know, but I feel like the unhappiness that I had, I had a really good family and I feel as though the unhappiness I had, I came in with that I had, I was, I was carrying some ancestral burden Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just from my experiences in this life, but it was some some old ancestral burden. And I feel as though clearing it out from me is of service to others, whether it be generations before and after or those around me. In recounting that story, it sounds like at 13, you were listening to your soul. I was. I didn't always, for sure, I didn't always. There have been many, many times in my life that I didn't listen to my soul. But that was such a clear vision and such a clear message that I did listen to it. That's wonderful. 
So Marcy, I really want to thank you so much for being here with us to share your inspirational work. And to learn more about Marcy, please visit her website at www.happyfornoreason.com or www.youryearofmiracles.com. Yes, be delighted to see you there. In fact, I've got a free ebook at youryearofmiracles.com or I might be at miraclesebook.com that goes into more of what I spoke about today. So I welcome you to join me there as well. Terrific. Thank you so much. I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything you'd like to say that goes beyond anything we've already spoken about. The only thing I would love to end with is that people are often asking me, isn't it selfish? to want to be happier. And I think it's the least selfish thing that we can do because as we shift, people around us shift. I'd love to end with a Chinese proverb that sums up why I'm so passionate about this. And it goes like this. It says, when there's light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. When there's beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there's harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there's order in the nation, there will be peace in this world. And my prayer and my wish for every single one of us is that we know that light in our own souls. And through that, we help create more peace here on this planet of ours. How beautiful is that? It gave me goosebumps just imagining. That is beautiful. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll be talking with counselor, professor, and workshop facilitator about mindfulness. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.